Morning, everyone. Good to see all of you today, and we're blessed. We have uh, some who are visiting different places, and we thank God that we have um, enough that it doesn't completely empty us out. But we're looking to the Lord today to hear the word of God and to receive from him what he has for us. So keep a prayer in your hearts that we might have that. We sing this song this morning, Rock of Ages, and we'll talk a little bit about rocks a little bit today. Um, not about geology, but about our solid rock that we depend upon and who is our strength and our hope and our um, steadfastness today. And so I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Matthew 7. And this is a parable of our Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps many of you are very familiar with it, and it's a, a beautiful scripture. Um, I think as a child, sometimes as a, a child in church, we don't necessarily um, think that we're always listening. I certainly was always one uh, looking for a pencil and paper or something to, I guess, divert myself. But as a child, I remember this sermon being preached, maybe many times, or maybe being preached by the power of God or whatever it was, but it was uh, meaningful and it stuck and it's as true today as it was ever before, even as true as the day that our Lord and Savior spoke these words. In the 24th verse, um, there's a lot prior to that, obviously, in this chapter, but he's doing, uh, he's teaching in the seventh chapter of Matthew, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says here, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So again, you might have heard this uh, parable taught before, and certainly, perhaps, it's not too difficult to understand the, the picture that he's painting, and we uh, build our house upon a rock. What I want to kind of point out this morning is that building upon the rock and this morning, the parallel, the point of that, of course, is our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, once again. Building upon the rock did not change the weather, okay? And that's, I think, what I want to get across to you, to you today is we live in a world where weather happens. And, of course, many parallels to what weather is here. Um, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is... Again, our protector, and he's our foundation, and he's our steadiness, and he's something that we can depend upon. But it doesn't say anything about the weather changing when we build upon the rock. We used to live uh, about, about uh, eight years ago now, plus we uh, lived in New Jersey and the, on the East Coast, and we were further north than the, than the worst of the hurricane season. We certainly very rarely, um, after we left, I guess they had Sandy that bad one, but um, when we lived there, we didn't, we didn't have anything that was directly a direct hit from a hurricane, but we certainly got the side effects of it, 
And I'm sure as you watch the, um, the weather report on the news and you see the big gigantic circle that a hurricane creates, and if, even though we weren't anywhere, anywhere near the center of it, we were certainly part of that gigantic circle. So there was, there was a lot of rain. There was you know, inches of rain at times um, that we had to worry about. And there were high winds. I mean, there were unusually, and I, I can't quote the miles per hour exactly, but they were sustained and high winds that we would experience. And so we had, we had to be safeguarded against this. Um, and the, the people that lived on the coast, and it's very attractive to live there, it's beautiful to live there on the beach, but um, a lot of times these houses are on stilts, you know, 10 and 12 feet off the ground in order to just not be affected by that water when it comes up. But the weather is still there this morning, brothers and sisters. Um, the weather's going to happen regardless of where your foundation is built. But where your foundation is built is going to determine whether or not you remain standing. And this morning, thank God, by the grace of God, when we stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ, we are able to remain standing. And, and when, it's, when it's behind us, after the storm's over, we can just say, by the grace of God. Because that's really all it is today, brothers and sisters. By the grace of God, we remain standing. I want to turn to the Book of Mormon this morning to uh, kind of go a little bit more into this uh, weather that he's talking about. Perhaps it's um, the same weather that, that we read about in, in Jesus' parable. I mean, Jesus was talking only in natural terms, but he was giving us a spiritual parallel. And here in the Book of Mormon in Helaman, the fifth chapter, again, you might have seen this verse um, for a lot of people, it's one of their favorites, the 12th, the 12th verse of the 5th chapter of Helaman. But he's not being so, um, so kind of allegorical. He's not talking about just symbolism of bad weather. He's giving you exactly what that weather is here to the, to the one who is serving the Lord. And how, how, in this chapter, how essential and how imperative and how necessary it is that you have that solid rock as your foundation. Because uh, this, this man, Helaman, is telling his two sons, he named them uh, Lehi and Nephi, so that they would, earlier in the chapter, remember those great men of God who were their forefathers, who, who also um, proved faithful and were greatly used of God. And he says in a number of times in this chapter, he tells his sons, remember, remember. And he uses that remember, remember, like double remember. He uses that a couple of times before this verse. So it's very important that we remember this morning. And that's why we come to church one or two times a week or sometimes more. We need to remember, we need to not forget, and we need to be reminded. And that's why we have the Word of God. And I hope that we're remembering to keep um, ourselves familiar with the Word of God, that when we would have things come in our lives, that the word of God would come to mind. And it, would, it would remind us. And it would help us. It would be our guide and our, and our direction. And that lamp unto our feet, as, as the psalmist wrote about. He says here, Helaman talking to his sons, And now, my sons, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that you must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, Yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his 
hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you. It shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon, if men build, they cannot fall. So Moroni, I'm sorry, for, so Helaman is talking in this verse about weather, but who's he attributing the weather to? In every single instance, he's saying that the weather is coming from the devil. He says he sends forth his mighty winds, his shafts in the whirlwind, his hail and mighty storm shall beat upon us. So this morning, um, weather happens outside, you know, the climate, the, the weather that falls upon us. And again, Jesus was giving us that parallel. But in, in uh, Hellman's writing, he's giving us a much stronger view of what life is about when we declare ourselves sons and daughters of the Lord. And, and so many of us in this room have done that, have made that commitment, have gone down to the waters of regeneration, have taken upon themselves the name of Jesus Christ, have had hands laid upon them for the reception of the Holy Ghost, and have walked in a, in a way that their life is blessed with the, um, not only the protection of the Lord, but the guidance of the Lord, the voice of the Lord speaking to us inwardly as we give ear and listen to it. As we read the word of God, letting again that be our guide and direction in life. And because of that, and as, as uh, Brother Pete reminded me as we were talking about this this morning, um, and it's in the second chapter of Second Nephi, so beautifully spelled out, that there must needs be an opposition in all things. So as, as um, much as we declared ourselves uh, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ and wanted to partake of that gift of salvation that he purchased for us on the cross of Calvary, well, what is, what is the gift for? It's deliverance. It's, it's um, eternal life, but it's also um, abundant life on this earth because the Lord Jesus Christ is, is giving us the opposite of this opposition. And we do have an enemy. We do have one. And, it, and again, it's in, I, I love this scripture in Second Nephi, second chapter, because that same um, chapter says at the very end, exp explaining what the motivation of the devil is. It says he would have all men to be miserable like unto himself. So he's just, he's miserable. He's, he's condemned. He's, he's the only one, the only being that has no hope for salvation. And anyone who might have gone along with him, they've, they've relinquished any hope they have for salvation. And so the only thing that he can do is desire, and you know, that old saying, misery loves company, is just desire that he can bring as many people along with him to that endless misery as he possibly can. And the fact is, it's the only way he can do it is by telling lies to us. He tells lies um, inwardly to our, that, we, that we might believe um, things, negative things about us. He uses um, perhaps people that aren't walking uprightly and aren't, aren't um, trying to walk by Christ's commandments. He uses things that they say and do to lie to us and to um, cause us to feel discouraged and weak at times. But all of it this morning, all of it is falsehood and untruth. And the truth of the matter is when we're um, declared, when we've declared ourselves as sons and daughters of the Lord and we've taken upon ourselves his name, 
The Lord has blessed us with that gift of salvation, and, and he's given us the strength and the ability. He's given us all the equipment and strength that we need to um, keep that promise that we made, to endure until the end. He's given us his word to guide us. He's given us his spirit to strengthen us. He's given us his church to be our support. He's given us everything that we need, and um, he has given us divine power to get us through this life. We are truly standing upon a solid rock because we have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is true, naturally speaking, that if you don't build upon a sure foundation, um, you, have, you have serious issues. You have parts of your house going down when the whole thing was supposed to remain level. That, that happens if you don't plan accordingly and if you don't adequately prepare the foundation. And the same thing goes with our lives spiritually. We have our Lord Jesus Christ, and we build upon that. But, but even in the sense of building, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's an ongoing thing. And we want to make sure that we're continuously building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, that the choices we make and the decisions we make in our life, um, some of them are, are very little, some of them are moment to moment, but some of them are big. And it doesn't matter whether they're large or small, the decisions we make. They should all be founded on the rock of Jesus Christ, upon his word, upon his will. It's so good to bring uh, your decisions to the Lord in prayer, whether it's um, a purchase, a relationship, a job, um, because a lot of opportunities might present themselves. A lot of things might be attractive to us in a natural sense, but it's always, it's always, there's never ever a time when we shouldn't take a moment and stop and ask, is this what the Lord wants? And when we take, take counsel from him, and we take his advice, and we follow his lead. Um, he, will, he will never let us, let us go wrong, and our lives will be blessed by it. And we'll find ourselves enjoying that life um, on, a, on a sure foundation. So I just wanted to remind you of uh, the advice and the counsel that the Lord gives us in his word, that we use his son, Jesus Christ, as our foundation in life. It um, promises us a life of blessing, an abundant life, and we thank God for that. And we just want to, again, um, give us all kind of a, in, by way of a warning that if we find ourselves building on sand, um, as, our, as was taught to us this morning in Sunday school, we'll reap the consequences of that choice as well. So may we always choose to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the solid rock. May our, our lives be blessed because of it. May God bless you today. You know, uh, Anthony was so beautifully saying to us that in this life, we're going to have storms. We're going to have issues. This life is a fallen world. Amen? If, if you're looking for heaven here today on the earth, you're, you're, it ain't going to happen. Okay? Not, not until the day of rest comes, which is what day we're looking for in the kingdom of peace. And even then, we're going to die in that kingdom. Because this is this life. Oh, there'll be a, a day of rest and a day of peace and God's great glory. But we're still going to die. This isn't heaven yet. How much more we need to go through this weary land being on the rock of Christ. Being grounded and rooted. So, I, I want to take you back to another account. 
Um, Micah, go to Deuteronomy 33. Not Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuteronomy 33. Um, and we're going to start with the 18 verse. Moses is having this phenomenal discussion with God. And I, I'd like to ask a question. Um, uh, nope, that's not it. Sorry. Exodus 33. I knew it was Exodus. Exodus 33, 18. Sorry. Moses is having this phenomenal discussion with God. And it is very intimate. It is very um, personal. He is having a connection here with the Lord. And the first thing he asked the Lord in this chapter is, are you going to be with me? You've asked me to do a very big thing. And we're going to have, and they've already experienced, right, brothers? They've already experienced bad weather, right? How about the Red Sea? Armies of Israel on one side, you got the Red Sea on the other. If that isn't a hail and a storm and shafts and whirlwinds, I don't know what is. By the way, it's not always about weather in life. It's, you know, here in Arizona, you're new to the, to the, to the weather. You're going to learn it. We worry about two things in Arizona, sunny and partly sunny. That's what we worry about. So, so when Anthony's talking about all this weather, I'm kind of struggling because it's, you know, but, but we get it, right? It's not just about weather. It's about life's bumps in the road. And man, there's many of them. And so Moses is asking the Lord, we've got this big journey to get to the land of Canaan. Are you going to be with me? And you know what the Lord says in this chapter? I'm going to be gracious to who I'm going to be gracious to. I'm going to be merciful to who I'm going to be merciful to. And I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you alone, Moses. Now, if you're having that kind of a conversation with God and he answers you, are you pretty excited to be on the rock? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling like I got a connection here? And so he goes the next step. And he says in this beautiful, I beseech thee, that, that if you're going to be with me, show me your glory. Show me who you really are, Lord. Let me have a, a private view of who you are. You know, we were in Italy this last two weeks. And we had a chance to see the Vatican City, from my hotel and from our viewpoint, we were up on a mountain. The Vatican, is, it, it like stands out above everything in Rome. St. Peter's Basilica. And, and everyone goes there that they might just catch a glimpse of the glory of the Pope and the papal uh, monarchy, I would say, because they are a sovereign nation. Steve, am I on the right track? They want to just catch a glimpse of the glory. And let me tell you, there's a lot of glory there, a lot of riches. Moses wanted to see God's glory. How many of you have ever asked this of the Lord? You know, brothers and sisters, I'll, I'll, I'll confess to you, I fall short of this. We should be saying that to the Lord. We should have such an intimate relationship with the Lord that, that in certain circumstances of life, we should be saying, Lord, in this circumstance, show me your glory. I'm on a journey. I got to get to a destination. I need to see your glory, Lord. I need to know you're going to be with me and that I've put my confidence in the right thing. 
Next verse. And so he says to Moses, I'm going to make all my goodness pass before thee. If this isn't a, a, a glimpse of why we need to be on the rock, it's all good, Anthony. And I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I'll be gracious to whom I'm going to be gracious to, and mercy to whom I'm going to show mercy to. Next verse. And he said, but, but you can't see my face. For no one has seen my face and lived. And so we'll go to the next verse. And this is the verse I want to stop and, and rest upon right here. And so the Lord says, by me, there's a place by me. There's a rock. And I want you to stand on that rock. You know who this rock is? Can anyone tell me who this rock is by God the Father? Who is it? It's Christ the Lord, Jesus. Yes, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, brothers and sisters and friends, this morning that you've placed your feet upon the solid rock of Christ. That's what this rock means. Next verse, Brother Micah. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock. There's a little crack in this rock. There's a shelter there. And I'm going to place you in Jesus. You, you with me this morning, brothers and sisters? I'm going to put you in Christ this morning. And I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by. How many of you are in Christ Jesus this morning in the rock, in the cleft of the rock as we sang, O Rock of Ages? That beautiful hymn says, it's not of my works, for I'm... I'm a sinner, that, that hymn says. It's by the work of God that we're saved in Christ, that our sins are forgiven, and that we have a, 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 a straight one-way ticket to heaven if we prove faithful, brothers and sisters, and stay in the cliff of the rock with Christ, on the rock. Oh, Brother Anthony was so right when he said, it's not that we're not going to get wet, and the hail's going to hit us once in a while. It's that we have an insurance policy that we're going to be taking care of, brothers and sisters. We've invested in something that will surely pay us off one day, which is eternity with the Lord. Next verse. And I will take away my hand. Thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, maybe this is a little comical, but my backside isn't my best side. I don't think it's your best side. But you know what the Lord? Every side's the good side, amen? Even the backside that while we're in the flesh, that's all Moses was allowed to see. He was blessed beyond measure. You know, after he came back from this encounter, After he came back from this encounter, the scripture teaches us that his face and his whole countenance radiated with the, radiated with the, is that the right word? Yes, with, with the glory of God. So much so that when he went to the saints off the mountain, they had to put a veil over his face because they couldn't look on him. He was so bright with the countenance of God. That's what standing on the rock does for us, brothers and sisters. 
We have the image of Jesus in us. And, and, and people see it. The countenance of the Lord is upon us. Apostle Paul says, and when you come to Christ, that veil that they put on Moses, yeah, we don't have any veil anymore. We have direct access to Christ now. There's no more going through a priest and going through the Holy of Holies and having a veil in between us and God. No, no, that veil was taken away because we're on the rock of Christ and we're on the rock of Christ. We are, we are in Christ. Join heirs with Jesus. He's my brother. He's my Savior. He's my God and my Lord. Amen. We're standing in line at the Vatican. Private tour we're going to have. And there's the massive wall of the city. And there's the entrance, the gate. And all the people are coming out. But our tour guide, there was about 500 of us. And we, we were going to have a private viewing of the Vatican. Private viewing of the Sistine Chapel. I don't know what it cost my company. I don't even want to ask. And while we're standing there, our tour guide said, and you know, you see this door. I didn't see a door. It was all stone. And all of a sudden, magically, the stone kind of lifted. And there was this private entrance to get into the, to the wall of the city. And, the, and this tour guide said, you see this entrance we're going to go in? Because oh, we couldn't go in the main entrance. Everybody was exiting. On the year of Jubilee, the Pope will allow once every how many years that is I think it's every seven next year marks the year of Jubilee 2021 in a year and a half something like that anybody that passes through this particular gate this door she said those are the exact words she used all their sins will be forgiven that day and there will be thousands upon thousands that will line up Brothers and sisters, all at once, it just came out of me. I couldn't help it. I leaned to the next person standing to me. I said, I only know of one door where my sins have been forgiven, and that is Jesus the Christ. And my coworker who was standing next to me said, Amen, Brother Pete. I only know of one door. We're not in the tabernacle anymore, brothers and sisters. We're not in the wilderness anymore. We're in Christ Jesus. On the rock, oh, blessed be the rock of our Redeemer, Jesus the Christ. And it's upon this rock of revelation where God reveals Jesus to us as our Savior. That's where we stand in, brothers and sisters. The rock of Christ. The rock of the gospel message that has given us hope and has given us such a, such a, a lift in our step and a, a heart that's light. Someday where the Lord is, I'll be there. Amen, brothers and sisters. Are we on the rock of Christ? And so when trials come, afflictions, Sister Lydia, I, I compliment you this morning that through your affliction and your pain and your trial, you wanted to be in church today to receive a blessing of the Lord. And I pray thee that your load might be a little lighter. Not that it's going to go away. We're realists. We know we have age and we have afflictions and we have troubles in life. Look at Brother Dwayne. But we have Jesus, brothers and sisters, to go through this life with. Not that 
not that he just kind of looks at us while we have pain. He takes the pain. Amen. He carries the, us when we have burden and affliction. He bore it all for us on Calvary. How much I want to be on the rock of Christ today. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, I want to be with Christ. And that's our message, brothers and sisters. This world is crumbling around us. You, you, want to, you agree with that? It's crumbling around us. And we're in such a good position to be found on the rock of Christ. It's not just for us. It's for all people that they might find forgiveness, salvation. Beautiful hymn that's been circulating among um, Christians these days, written by Bill and Gloria Gaither, and it's called This is the Place. We were listening to it last night around the fire pit. And this song talks about how this holy place, this church, this is a place where when times of stress and trouble and pain, we can find forgiveness and grace. Amen, brothers and sisters? We're going to forgive each other. For, for there go I, a sinner. We're going to forgive each other this morning. We're going to love one another. We're not going to look down on one another. This needs to be a safe and holy place. And it becomes that way through the Spirit of the Lord and through our actions and our surrender to the Spirit of God. Not allowing it, offenses to come into this place. Check those at the door, brothers and sisters. They don't belong here. This is a place where we cry and we, and we, we have joy. Where we dedicate our children. Where we bring sinners to salvation. Where we say goodbye to loved ones. Where we commit to each other. We'll, we'll, we'll stay married and not leave one another. Amen. This is the place, brothers and sisters, where the downtrodden could be lifted up. This is the place where people can find hope in Christ through you. You might be the only Bible they'll ever read your life. How are you living? How are, we, how are we walking our walk in Christ? Are we walking the walk of righteousness? I pray that we are, brothers and sisters, that they might see Jesus in us. May God bless you, brothers and sisters. I love you with all my heart, and I pray thee that in every life situation we'd be on the rock of Christ. And no matter what comes in our life, we have that blessed assurance that I have Christ in my life and that I'm going to be okay when it comes time for me to close my eyes. I lost a dear uncle. While we were in Italy, we, we were losing them left and right. My brother said to me, you're in Italy, and we're burying the dead every week here. Well, that's life. My uncle passed at 90 years old, such a good man. And then my sister-in-law's mother passed away. We had uh, Sister Martha passed, Brother Dick's mother, 100 years old. They're going to their reward. That's where we're going. That's the result of being on the rock. May God bless you, brothers and sisters, is my prayer. So yeah, let's all turn to uh, number 131 in the same way. And uh, as Brother uh, Tony was telling us earlier this morning, uh, our brother Maurice Cole, and uh, most of you know him,
you know, he met our church through our, our brother Mike, uh, his brother Mike's testimony as brother Mike was a police officer and uh, visited the neighborhood from time to time. And one time he just mentioned to this couple and he saw that this brother, this man had health problems and he just said that he'd pray for him. And just, just that phrase, I'll pray for you, um, caused almost a hungering of wanting to hear more and uh, blessed this man, Maurice. So as, uh, as this one Sunday that this man came to our church, Brother Maurice Cole and his wife, Gloria, they came here and our brother uh, just fell in love with what he felt here, the love of God and the spirit of God. He, I'm sure he um, had grown up in, in, the, in the, uh, the south there and near Tennessee and Arkansas and that area, and he knew um, the Bible. He certainly had religion in his life. But he felt the love of God here, and he felt that he had found a, a family and a church. And um, he's been so blessed, his testimony. And you know, those of you, of those of you who know him, he's um, very serious, afflicted with diabetes. He had uh, his legs amputated, in fact. In fact, even when we brought him down to the water's edge, he, he carried him in and carried him out because he, he wasn't able to walk. But he had a testimony of joy and salvation and now um, he's at a point in his life he's really not able to get out at all hardly. And he just desired, as he was speaking to Brother Tony, he desired that he would hear this hymn and hear us sing it. So we're going to sing it um, for his sake, but for the honor and glory of God, certainly. So may God bless us as we sing this song. Sunshine, sunshine. Sunlight, sunlight in the soul today. We're going to sing all five verses? Yeah, let's sing. 